All right, guys, welcome back to the Lyft podcast here over at Lyft Chicago. It is uh, Thursday morning here. We just ran our Lyft Live classes. If you guys haven't got into those, please uh, go on MindBody or on our website, check them out. It's a 30-minute live class, whether it's conditioning, strength, or we've got a little arms and booty going at noon, right, on Thursdays? Thursdays. Tuesday, um, Thursdays. We're also doing a free uh, live class uh, here on Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time. If you guys want to get into that, tell your friends, uh, tell your husbands, tell your wives. Uh, come sweat with us on Saturday morning. We'd love to have you. We had about 225, 230 people in it last week. Uh, we're just trying to provide as much value to the community of Chicago here um, and really anyone that's kind of locked down at home uh, with a little fitness. So uh, come sweat with us. It should be an awesome time. Uh, but today we're going to, uh, speaking of the fitness industry, uh, we're going to touch on where we think the fitness industry is going to go after kind of COVID-19. Um, there's been a lot of setback with a lot of businesses, not just in the fitness industry, but I think the fitness is very, the fitness industry is very um, different and interesting because uh, we can somewhat still function if you have the right setup. Um, but it should be interesting to hear what you guys think. I have um, a few thoughts on it and where the market might go within the fitness industry. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's turn it over. Where do you guys think uh, through this entire process after this is over? Like, where do we think this is going to come out? So let's first talk about the fitness industry in general. The fitness industry in general, because there's a bunch of different uh, elements to where you're you're seeing people go to the gym, right? There's obviously the big box gyms, which you get a membership, you go run on a treadmill forever, or you go lift weights in the you know the meat den, whatever they call those right. nowadays. Um, that's one. That's like the most you know readily available source of fitness or working out in general. Um, then you have group classes, mm. right? There's a bunch of different places that offer you know whether it's cycling, running, rowing. The combination of all that, if you go to a class um, full of 30 to 60 people, whatever it might be, and you do that. Then you have boutique fitness facilities like ours that are providing, you know, a mixture of both, whether it's, you know, one-on-one personal training or uh, the group classes. There's also even some facilities that are doing open gyms like that that are right. a smaller boutique right. facilities as well. So there's a lot of different elements to the fitness industry itself. Um, and then you also have the online fitness community, which is a completely separate thing. You don't need to have a brick and mortar space. Uh, you can be a trainer who also trains out of a brick and mortar space, but also has a book of clientele. Mm -hmm. So there's right. a lot of different elements to the fitness industry. And there's certain ones right now that are really at a disadvantage. So if you are someone who literally only sees people one-on-one, -on -one, one -on -one, yeah. you don't have anything else right now. If you are someone who runs a group facility and you don't have an online capability, you have no income right now. Yeah. Um, so that's why we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, scrambling right now, different facilities who are trying to produce as much online content as possible. And I think we did a really good job with that. And in general, we're kind of seeing, we were talking amongst ourselves, like what is the next step for Lyft after this whole COVID-19 thing? Hopefully it's not going to take forever, but you know, we are seeing some success with some of this online stuff. So it's, right. it's definitely a viable plan for us in the future. So I do think that a lot of the fitness, facil fitness facilities depending on how long this takes, this whole uh, pandemic to resolve, I think a lot of them might just revert back to what they were doing and be like, okay, business as usual, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, I think the smart ones will you know, go back to what they were doing, but also now continue to implement some of the same strategies that we've been doing currently. Right. I think from a big box gym perspective, uh, I'm curious to see 
how many people um, don't go back. Like they legitimately don't go to another big box gym ever again, uh, just because of like the germ scare and the mm. the process that's going on right now, where this this virus gets spread so quickly. I wonder if people kind of take a precautionary step and just say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to take this time and invest, you know, invest whatever a thousand, two thousand bucks into home gym equipment, and then I'm never going to go back. Um, which, you know, it could happen. I think the difference between like big box gym people and people we see in person is um, a lot of people need our personal attention and expertise on how to exercise properly. So I don't know. I think we have a little bit stronger shield against what's going to happen after this than some other big box gyms do. Um, but I would even put it at like percentage wise, like I would say 20% of big box gym goers probably don't go back to a big box gym. I'd agree. I think there's, for me, it's multiple parts, right? It's <clears throat> number one being, I think there's more people in fitness right now than we've ever seen right. in our time, right? People are actually <clears throat> trying to do like fitness type stuff, right? Because you have people that don't work out, but maybe they, you know, they, they walk to the train, they get off the train, they walk to work, they do that twice a day, they walk to lunch. Right, so they're still yeah, they doing were, something. They were active in other ways. And yeah, now they're now sedentary, they're not, right? right? So yeah. it's, you know, people are starting to feel that. You're getting people who want to start doing the at-home workouts and stuff. Um, so I think there's more people into fitness, but I do think less people will go back to big box gyms. I think you're going to have a lot of people fully committed to the online stuff. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there that are like, hey, I can work out with no equipment. I can do 30 minutes yeah. and go about my day. And if you know if you're asking a professional, if they ask me, I would tell you it's better than nothing. Right. If you were doing nothing before, just walking to work, if Absolutely. you add that in, you're a hundred percent healthier. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are going to do that. And I think there's also people are going to be worried about the germs and stuff like that, right? I think the coronavirus scare is going to take you know 18 to 24 months to completely um, you know dissipate. Right. Which is going to cause a lot of problems uh, for. Especially big box gyms. I think, you know, for us, there's a lot of people that trust us. They trust what we do, um, how we go about cleaning this facility. Even before this, we get a lot of comments about how we're the how cleanest clean gym in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, there's there's many, many different parts to it. But, you know, at the same time, there's you know, even like my parents are doing probably more intense workouts than they've ever done. Right. Just because sitting at home. And part of that's because I told them to. But Yeah, they've done the Lift Live stuff, haven't they? Yeah, yeah they're, they're awesome. joining in. So. so that whole, the online training and the working out from home, like you mentioned, Pete, I definitely think that, yes, if you have done nothing, it's better than nothing. If you have no access to anything else, it's better than nothing. But you're going to get to a point where, and we know this, where it's like you're going to stagnate, first of all, from your results. Yeah. And number two, it's... Not necessarily going to get boring, but you're definitely there's going to be some attrition to it because you're going to be like, okay, there's nothing new, and us as you know, people, right, as human beings, we need different things, or we right. just completely be like, okay, this is this is it. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that that was actually a good. I never thought of that when people going back to big box gyms, whether they're going to be scared of like you know, disease and like bacteria. I was just going to think, hey, we can now reach this online population who go back to the big box gym and take programming from us there. That was my thinking, but that's definitely a good, uh, good point. I don't, I, I haven't thought that far ahead. When I think in my own personal narrow view of the world, when this is all over, um, you know, hopefully, you know, it takes for it takes a long time, but hopefully uh, they'll have a vaccine and everything, so right. there won't be as much of a scare. Mm -hmm. um, 
and we can go about our lives as they did before. Obviously, you remember what happened, and there's scars to be remembered, but as far as continuing on with your regular routine, I would think that it would go back to the same. That's my narrow view, but you know, I could be what about, <laughs> completely you know, wrong. To me, the most impacted part of fitness is the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do, you, how do you see that going, right? Because we have people that come in here, and I mean, there's sweat all over the place, but usually, you know, little sweat, and people don't really care. You know, you're in small groups, you know, people around right. you breathing hard. People don't really care about that stuff, but I'd be interested to see. Uh, yeah, I guess I have, I kind of have two takes on this. Um, I would say that there's definitely going to be a hesitation from a lot of people within the or a few people within the community about getting back into being in close quarters um, of a class. I think some people will be it, it kind of have the I don't care factor. Um, I just want to get in and work out. I think we're, we're, we're going to see that. We're going to see a huge influx of people right after this ends and releases and we open back up. People are like, I need to work out. Like nothing is like what we provide for them. Um, but for the people that are saying, I'm not going to go to a class for the germ factor and I don't want to be around a certain, a certain amount of people, I would say, okay, are you going to go travel on CTA? Are you going to go travel on airplanes? Are you going to go to grocery stores? Are you going to go to bars? Like, if you're just talking about close proximity and worrying about people breathing on you and sweating, like, you're there's so much that you're going to have to limit yourself to. So, if if that's your biggest scare, there's other things in your life that are going to need to adjust. And if they don't, I think people are hypocritical of that. Like, if you're going to go on airplanes did you guys see this meme while you're talking about all that it was bio lanes meme like when gyms reopened oh, gyms, yeah when the, and it's like it's dog. big bird riding a horse buggy and it's like we ride at dawn bitches yeah. like well i i, I, I think, think everyone's gonna rush it i I'll think people it. are gonna do that I, I think people are gonna literally like if you said right now like if they gave the okay they're like okay everyone like everything's back to normal the bars are gonna go open back up it'd be like fucking saint patty's day oh yeah, yeah. I, I think with the classes i think even more impacted than people saying, you know, I'm not going to be in, I don't want to be in tight quarters with a lot of people. I think, you know, the, if you're in Chicago area, I don't know how, you know, around the country, if this program exists or this company, but a lot of people here use ClassPass. And I would be interested to see how many people ditch ClassPass and stick to one facility. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I know ClassPass right now is like, they're definitely hurting because... Oh, all sure. these people are using them to go to multiple facilities and now that's closed out they're trying to get all these live streaming classes to everybody but it's like i mean i know for us for example we're offering them at such a discounted price from what we normally charge like i yeah. don't want to get on class pass because like what what do they charge <laughs> right they're probably char- i mean we're already charging not that much and they're yeah charge us even less. it's completely disadvantageous to a business to do that i mean yeah you might be reaching more people but then it's a function of marketing and getting your word out yeah What's interesting about ClassPass, and maybe they change their structure down the road, I, per, I think that they, they're almost heard, like as the fitness industry grows and as knowledge of people grows and what actually works for them, ClassPass, is, their, their value is devalued. Every day that someone gains more knowledge about what they actually need in their fitness, it goes down and goes down. And so eventually, I, I would venture to say, I, think, I don't think ClassPass will last. I think in 10 years, ClassPass isn't going to be here. You're going to see things like what Pete said. You're going to see people, even more studios probably like what we do, um, and providing that kind of in-person value where they can get at everything at one kind of facility. And you're already seeing that. I mean, you're, you see bad ones. You see good ones. But 
um, I really do think that it's going to be gone. You're going to see very boutique studios. Well, even how you're saying right now, like just in my head, like how ClassPass actually works, you get a certain amount of credits to different facilities. And if you want to visit them more than once a month or three times a month or whatever, you got to pay more, right? right? Like what's stopping a facility like ours from doing, hey, you get a one-day pass once a month for X, X dollar. Like you want to come to a class at Lyft, it's a, you know, this much money and you can do this once a month. If you want to do this an extra time, it costs this, right? It's like for a one-time stop-in right. person. Yeah, ClassPass is more or less sitting on the fact that they have so many gyms on them and people yeah. are, they have so many people on them, so the exposure is there, right? So like that's what's beneficial for us for ClassPass. It's not a, it's not a huge like source of yeah, no. income. It's, it's, essentially, it's, it's essentially marketing, right? Yeah. But at ClassPass in general, like they changed their structure in the past few years. Um, it used to be a flat rate. You can go wherever you wanted, whenever you right. wanted. Now it's based on this credit system and you're seeing a lot of um, studios who are upset. They also change their payouts. It's some sort of algorithm that they don't tell you how it works. So, you know, even when I take a look at how this all works, I just know that the, the numbers look right and all that, right? right? But I was reading some articles about all these studios that are relying on ClassPass and they're struggling or they're going out of business. They gotta be getting fucked Well, that's not even in this time. I'm talking about this in regular times too because if you rely on a discounted service, a discounted Mm. third-party service for your business, that's not a business model that you can succeed with. Right. Right? We use that for such a small fraction of our facility here, ClassPass. Not not to mention, (laughs) there's a lot of people that take advantage of that system it's oh, very yeah. easy oh, to do they're, oh absolutely they're yeah. waiting till like the second and minute that they can rebook with a certain studio yeah or, and they also oh, yeah. have three or four different email accounts yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they're able to like basically so, get classes half um, off Carrie Mills was telling me that they they switched it to phone numbers so you can yeah, do you only one anymore. phone number but if you have a work phone if number you have a work phone right, it's then two. I guess you could probably do but then also it's like with that whole system, the things I was reading about, there were yoga studios and fitness facilities, right? So that's where you see like in New York and LA and all these places that have like their gimmick, right? Like these places have been now bought by Equinox because their their numbers were so great, like SoulCycle. They had their actual like community. Shut I don't know up. if you guys have heard of Monster Cycle. It is. Is it for guys? Dude, no, this thing is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Jen was YouTubing this the other day and showing me. Equinox bought them, I believe. It's like a, a mix of like a goth bar and like a cycle studio. It's like a goth bar. Think about like like tattoos, like dark uh, rooms, um, like dark makeup. Oh, like, like all the, that kind the of theme stuff. is very gothic, dark. Yes. Okay. And it's like hard, hard music. Nice, and it, dude. No, it was like it was crazy. I mean, like people, metal. Think about like Soul Cycles, like goth twin. That's what I would describe it as from what I was looking at. I see, mean, like I would videos. see, like that sounds enticing to me. I would go to that. I would not. <laughs> I hate classes. I, I don't. Know. I just. I don't know. I'm not a huge class guy. To me, like that, I think it, I think just the the scene of it would be interesting to see. Well, right. So, but that, that's what I'm saying. So, like those places set themselves apart. What sets apart Yoga Studio One, Two, Three, Four, how, Five, Six? How long do they set themselves apart, though? Because you're enticed. You're, it's enticing to go see it. Yeah. Once. Yeah. Right. Like at the end of the day, you know how. At the end of the day, how, how many times are you going to go, right? What we know is gimmicky shit doesn't last long right. term. Yeah. Well, I agree. there's a caveat to that, I think, is it's how strong of a community can you build with your quote-unquote gimmick, right? So, for example, SoulCycle, they're killing it with their their community. I don't their know whole, how they do it. I don't know how they do it either. Cult. It, I, it I, is. I just don't but know how the thing, they do it. They've built a community that has lasted and it's continuing to last. Like, for example, like... You have your camps. You have your people who go to like a flywheel or like whatever those like performance style 
uh, cycle places where it's like you have your name on a leaderboard and you want to yeah. try as hard as you can against other people. And then you have something like SoulCycle, which is there's no leaderboards, there's no like racing. It's Beyonce versus Alicia Keys. Let's you do get it. it. Yeah, you do it to the beat. And I mean, there's something so intrinsic about music that it's just like the certain yeah, language people exactly all speak. It. So music can translate into exercise. And that's why it's also important, like in here, like our music, I think, is pretty on point most of the time. Like we have a good mix always going. Um, people thrive in those environments because music is a common language if they can continue to do something that releases endorphins at the same time as they hear good music it's to me it's a no-brainer but like to my point before with the class pass if you have six yoga studios within a mile of each other they're all still doing yoga yeah yeah one might have a better instructor than the other and one might be cleaner than the other but they're all essentially doing the same thing right so if i can go to one and get the same workout as i can in the other one for the most part i'm just going to hop around as class pass allows me to right so that's where you cannot succeed with class pass because of those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Millennials are non-committal. They have been. Um, I would, again, I'm interested to see what happens after this. Yeah. Which way do they go? Because I think there's, you know, the news is saying that all oh, the millennials aren't taking this very seriously. That's like a few assholes that went on spring break right. or a few assholes here that went out for St. Patrick's Day when they probably shouldn't have. Um, and I mean, that's not all millennials. I wonder how, how committal, committed they'll be to one facility. Yeah, I think, um, well, there, there is another, there's another company that's allowing like three studios. I forget the name of it. They reached out to us as well. Um, I, I actually like their model a little better. I just think that because it's such a new thing, it's kind of hard to take your, I mean, we're not using that for a income source. It's right. more just getting our name out there, right? So ClassPass reaches more people. Right. So to me, it's, what are we doing this for? Are we doing this mm-hmm. to get money? Or are we doing this to get our name out there a little bit? And that's, the latter is true. So yeah. was it Virtua Gym or something like that? No, it was something, Carrie was telling me about it. It was something it. in the community. They reached out to us. It's something they I can, like their model. You can yeah. pick three gyms and you can kind of do. Here's the other question. Um, 6.6 million Americans applied for unemployment in the last week alone. Seven days. 6.6 million Americans. Right. How, you know, will people be afraid of recurring expenses? So that's a good question. So here's what I'll say on that. So based on just doing all this business stuff and seeing, yeah, seeing all these loan options, uh, bailout options by the government, um, the CARES Act. The payroll protection program. Yeah, this is all public knowledge. Um, so basically, even if you let go of your employees or furlough your employees, as long as you had employees on February fifteenth, say you have five employees, right? You let all five of them go on March first. You apply for this payroll protection program. You still had these employees as of February fifteenth. Right. So this is the, this is the information that came out this week. You can still get now this payroll protection program which allows you to pay your employees for the next eight weeks right so you can rehire them for those eight weeks right Mm -hmm. a lot of these businesses a lot of these small gyms hair salons nail salons um you know restaurants bars all these different places they cannot afford to pay people so they're like hey rather than us drive all of our you know reserves down to zero and then be done we're going to cut you guys loose to unemployment so you can actually get some money and then, you know, hopefully they have told people when this is all over, we'll rehire you. Right. So I, I believe that's what furlough is. I mean, or yeah. there's an actual system where you furlough people. The, the question is, though, all of this was created by a stimulus package, right? Mm-hmm. The government essentially printed $2 trillion, yeah. right? So the, the dollar, the U.S. dollar, which wasn't at a dollar anyways, how far does that drop? Now, I'm not a 
I don't know shit about know. money and it was economics. Pretty, it was actually it was at its best uh, in recent years, recently. Like, we were very close to the pound. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, we were, and, we were uh, close. The euro, very close. Well, closest we've been. But I would, who knows now? The whole world is going to be whacked. It's the thing. I would just be, because it's, I get, like, every, the stimulus and we're trying to keep people afloat. We're adding money to unemployment. People are still getting paid. And there's a lot of things out there where you can, like, lower your rent payment and all this other stuff, right? And they're giving out $1,200 to everybody. Um, but at the same time, I just don't see a world in which everything opens up and shit goes back to normal. No, it won't not, be right away, for sure. Right. It'll still be a little bit of fear. and it'll still Especially be- in the bar, the bar industries. Like I said, I think mentally people are talking themselves into holy shit, this could keep going, we're going to run out of money, save your money, don't spend it, don't spend it. How long does that last? Well, so I, I think, say, hey, say everything goes back June 1st, everything's open, and it's been like, you know, the curve has been going down since like the middle of May or something, and there's still cases out there, but it's starting to go down. I think at that point, no, people aren't going to rush back. They'll still be busy. Restaurants and bars will still be busy. Right. They're going to be giving out a lot, I would assume. Mm. People are gonna wanna go out. And they're like, oh, it's safer to go out? I'll go out. Just like before this actual like stay-at-home order happened, people were, they knew what was going on. They still weren't maybe understanding the really severity of the situation, but because it was safer than it is currently right now, right. which you can argue because it really wasn't, I think people will go out. I think in August, if the curve continues to go down, 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 that's when you're really gonna see people like go crazy because it's the end of the summer. Yeah, Weather's nice. They've been actually had some sort of normalcy over the last month. I think you're going to get bum rushed in the bars and restaurants. Like for example, like I don't know if you guys ever heard of the restaurant Galit. It's like one of these newest hot restaurants in I, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't get a reservation there for months. In January, I made a reservation for April first. <laughs> Finally got one. Was so excited to go. That was yesterday. Um, and you didn't go, did was you? that two days yeah, ago? It was yesterday. I didn't go, but they also they, they just canceled the reservation like on the calendar or whatever. I got an email. Oh, it's been canceled. Like they didn't like say like, hey, obviously this isn't gonna right. work out. It was a bummer to see that happen, even though I knew that was gonna happen regardless. Yeah. You know, I had another reservation, another restaurant next week for my birthday that I couldn't not go. Right. right. So there's these restaurants that are still harder to get into. Yeah. That you're gonna see people like. I might take advantage of it when everything reopens. Like, hey, I want to go to that restaurant I couldn't get into before because now I think I'll have a chance. I think those kind of places, definitely. Yeah. I, um, I also think there's a flip side to how much people are actually spending right now. For example, yeah, they some people might be getting either laid off or pay cuts. Um, but on the flip side, a lot of the community, especially a lot of the people that come into here and are around this area, tend to go out on the weekends and spend a lot of money. Like, I, I mean, in reality, you can't go out around here for more than like four or five hours, have a meal and a couple of drinks without spending at least 80 to a hundred bucks. What does that say? So yeah, I don't know if you guys follow overheard in Chicago. Great funny account. Um, it said, I'm missing the days when I overpaid for a vodka soda and close a tab. Yeah. Right. So like you're not out there multiple times a week entertaining right. clients, whatever you might be doing around the weekends, spending $10 a drink. So I think to your point, you're spending money. Right. I think people have. I think for the most part, um, I mean, yes, it's terrible that people are losing their jobs. It really is. But if people still have their jobs and they're staying at home a lot, they're saving a decent amount of money. You know, those um, people definitely have money. Yeah. My so, concern is that I'm a huge believer in artificial intelligence. We know the world is going that way. We know that. Self-driving trucks are coming. 
Amazon is taking over for you know Macy's and all these in, in retailers and all this other stuff. My fear is that, yes, for the people that get their jobs back and the people that still have their jobs and are getting paid, they'll be fine. However, I think there's going to be a lot less jobs. So you have a lot of companies out there that have been trying to go towards robotic systems, self-ordering and fast food. What's stopping them from right now saying, hey, look, we already have rid ourselves with them. Why bring them back? Let's just move towards AI and go from there. Well, I think you saw a lot of that even when they raised the price of minimum wage um, nationwide or in Chicago in yeah. general. We have in Wrigleyville, we have that McDonald's is completely automated. In Chicago, it's, it's raised, not nationwide. Not nationwide, just in Chicago. Okay, so in, in Wrigleyville, we have that McDonald's across from Wrigley Field that you walk up, you press your buttons, everything's done, then you go and pick it up. There's still people back there working. Yeah, but that's, not as many. Right, they probably cut their employee, employee force in half. Like. You're not going to have a uh, robot sitting there mixing your drink and, and so on at a bar, but they do have those machines now where you press a couple buttons and it makes a cocktail for you and spits it out, right? But like, Yeah, in terms of like full AI automation stuff, I think we're still like probably 30 years from Well, that. they're definitely going to start looking into that now. I yeah, they'll, they'll start looking into it. I wouldn't it. say 30 years. I, mean, I, we're, I think it's longer than people. Think. I mean, I just think it's, it's like anything. It's like... If you look back at the movies in like the seventies and eighties, they thought by twenty twenty we would have flying cars, and we still don't. Like that, to me, self driving cars. I do think that but, Uber and Lyft. But how many people are actually using self driving cars right now? Well, well the like, reality is though, right now you can only buy seventeen self driving cars. By the start of twenty twenty, you're going to be able to buy north of eighty five. Right, but I just think I think the society in general has a lot to catch up on i think it's got like for example like, we talked about this before like i wouldn't buy an electric car right now because the the ease of use and being able to plug in wherever you go is not viable like i want to be able to like if i go to the restaurant if i go to a chili's out in schaumburg i want to be which i would never do but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but i want to be able to plug in when i get there i want to be able to plug in when yeah. i go to the mall you know what i'm saying i wouldn't buy it now either but i would just i would say look at 2010 to now, major difference. Right? We, we know Tesla's within 10 years of self-driving trucks. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that, that completely crushes, like, it, and that, that's that a is- a huge industry. At yeah, that point, so we'll just call, we'll call up Will Smith, have him do that whole iRobot thing, it'll be fine. Yeah, that's, that was my, actually my plan, you know? <laughs> I'm gonna keep a motorized bike, I'm telling you that much. I'm gonna get a- A moped? No, okay, sorry, mo- I'm gonna get a Ducati. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's touch just a little bit on, like, at-home gyms. Um, I, I know from my research and what Josh and I have been looking at, like the even like power blocks have been com- completely sold out. Adjustable oh, yeah. dumbbells are <clears throat> totally sold out. Um, I think that the that at home gyms are, are are good, right? If you can have the capability, I know like in the future when I have my own gym um, or my own house rather, and I have I'm in a warm climate, I'll have like an outdoor gym with like coverage and stuff like that and like a sick setup. But for the most part, people could get like a really good set, a decent setup for probably you know. 2500 bucks from scratch stimulus checks <laughs> exactly so I mean, people i think people are going to to use them i think if they're going to like power blocks are the best thing you know adjustable dumbbells bands maybe a squat rack with a bar trap bar is probably your go-to and then you know the the downside to at-home gyms is okay like josh was saying where do you go after that like are you programming out yourself at what point does it get like do you get lonely and you you rely on that gym communication you know are you inviting friends over or are you looking for training like i just think there's only so much you can do with an at-home gym and i think like i would get bored of it eventually because just because you were saying like we just get bored as humans we get bored of things i think that 
even listening to you talk about that stuff, garage gyms, like absolutely. I want a garage gym. I have a garage right now that has a car in it. I'd rather park my car in the street and have a garage gym, but yeah, we'll see how your wife feels. Exactly. That's the BMW. <laughs> um, in the garage. But I definitely think there might be a resurgence in CrossFit after all this. Thinking about this more since we started talking Why? at the beginning. Well, because people right now they're looking for a sweat, a hard workout, right? So if they're if they're getting some of their own equipment and then they're watching some of these like CrossFitters on Instagram and so on, and it's like here's today's workout. It's literally four exercises and you run through it five times, different like varying degrees of, of reps and stuff. People might like that. And I know there's a lot of, there's a huge still community in CrossFit. And people yeah, say it hasn't really died. I don't think right. So slow. people have the garage. If they have a set of dumbbells, a barbell, a squat rack, a bike, they have like literally, like you said, maybe $2,500 in equipment, probably less than that. They're able to do that stuff and get total workouts. Now, yes, like you're saying, are you going to keep programming for yourself? No, you're going to follow some of this stuff. And at a certain point, you're probably going to get injured. Mm. As we see with most CrossFit, you're getting injured, right? Unless you are a high-level athlete, in which case you're you're, you're getting less injured. you're less prone to get injured, but you still still can. I, I think that there's definitely going to be people going in that route, and even you know us building some of these online programs and us building you know recordable programs where we can put them out there. I think that you are going to see people go that route as well. I would never program a CrossFit work out no no I no i didn't never, say that that's yeah, not what i meant i know but i'm just saying i would never recommend my clients do any type of crossfit i think crossfit you've taken olympic lifts which were meant to be explosive lower reps a lot more rest their power movements and you've completely done the opposite we're gonna do as many reps as we can in, yeah. a, in a little little amount of time with very little rest i'm not endorsing crossfit for the record 100%. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that people are going to see this I, as an option i think i think, think crossfit i think crossfit might struggle just based on the fact that their facilities are less clean oh they're disgusting they're, yeah they're, i think they're going to struggle because people are going well, what the fuck I, i'm doing this shit at home it's great i don't have to go into, into well, the gym to do this i mean we we had that uh, shelter in place order but we had closed down prior to that Right, yeah. like about a week prior to that, because it was getting it was getting a little out of hand. We wanted to protect our employees and our and our clients and everything. Um, and I was driving around, and we have a couple of CrossFit facilities around the corner. They were still going, and there was like thirty people in there. I'm like, man, you are all getting this, yeah. all of you, and your place is not cleaned as well. Yeah, all this equipment is touched and sweat on. People have their shirts off. There's more sweat and everything. Like it's just, you know, definitely a dirtier spot. I don't yeah. think that CrossFit boxes are gonna get more busy after this whole thing is over. I meant more like style. People doing that stuff at home. I would agree with that. I yeah. just, if I was a CrossFitter, look, I'm not paying anybody to go run around the, sh- the block in Chicago during rush hour. No. Absolutely not. Go mm-hmm. run around the block? No, 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 no. I can do that at home. Why the fuck would I pay anybody to do that shit? Yeah, I, I totally agree. It just makes no sense. Like when they come out here to the corner and then they yeah, come back. Yeah, what are you yeah. doing? Stepping on dog shit and you smell like <laughs> piss out here. Like, come on, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I agree. And that, well, that's, the, that's one of the biggest, like, I, I mean... I have my own reservations with like shoes in the house and stuff, but when people think about it, people are taking like all, so people don't know like this River North area, there's a lot of dogs in Chicago here. There's not a lot of grass, so people have their dogs and they come and they pee and shit out onto the street. And now all these people, these CrossFitters are coming out and they're running all over the sidewalk like Pete's saying. And then what are they doing? They're turning right back around and going into that gym. Like that is disgusting. Put their face and their hands and their back, like they're laying all over the gym and like, this bacteria transfers like to me it's just disgusting but i mean yeah yes i know we're getting kind of like on a side tangent here but well no that is i mean that is i don't like the, crossfit the realist 
the realest thing that you can talk about is yes, if you walk around in the streets and then wear your shoes in your house, bacteria is getting everywhere. Right. But at the same time, bacteria is everywhere always at every time, no matter what. Right. Yeah. Like, I'd still rather not have my face in dog poop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, this has been good. You guys, anything else where the industry's going to go? Anything like that? Yeah. You know, I, I think that. Um, this whole support local movement that we're seeing right now, uh, for the most part, especially in Chicago, we're seeing a lot of the support local, and I think that it's a very good thing. Um, I think that what you guys were alluding to earlier is the boutiques are definitely going to see a rise when this is all over, because not only because we're cleaner, but also people are wanting to re-stimulate their communities. I really think that when we reopen, we're gonna see our regular people come back, but we're going to see some more people, just maybe the people that we reached further through this online stuff that we've been doing. Um, I definitely think that the big box gyms, on top of what you guys said, being dirty and people fearing getting back to the big box gyms, might suffer a little bit. Um, and I really do hope that, I don't want anyone to suffer, but I really do hope that the boutique gyms and boutique community of fitness sees a better influx than the big box gyms when everything reopens. Because our community needs it more than a big box gym, right? Right, right. You're always gonna have your people that are still gonna stay at like the big box gyms. Yeah, I agree. I think what we'll see most is initially people just drop off the big box gyms and then they're gonna need something, right? Planet Fitness might do well. Cause they got I was gonna $10. say, I think, I think your, your lifetimes are gonna hurt more than your Planet Fitness. Right, cause just cause they're at the price point in the market right now. A lot of people right are taking these online videos and just Okay, I'm building a bank of exercises that they did not know how to do. Right. I can go to Planet Fit. I can do these anywhere. So yeah. why, am, why pay $150 a month at Lifetime when I can pay 10 at Planet Fitness? But at the same time, I think I think we're going to see a big boom as far as we go. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we're cleaner. We're better. We're far more educated, and I think people are seeing that online. Yeah, and I think uh, like I think an intangible thing is we just have a better connect. We have a big connection with our clients. Like um, we're not in their face throwing them like the telling them that we're always better but you know we're providing them value in other areas that that they don't necessarily get from other people and that's just you know kind of what we've really hustled to do um you know in this industry of i think it's so cluttered with shit um and we're providing just like a really clear cut um, knowledgeable base of you know what's going to be good for you and you know some people buy it or some people like it some people don't it's just it's one of those things but um, that doesn't mean we stop like you know because the, the thing the thing about the industry that has maybe most disappointed in this entire thing is like the excuses of like oh poor me how do what do I do now like fuck you go adapt like you you got to adapt mm -hmm. some of these trainers are just sitting there like oh man like Please you know donate. yeah my my venmo is this if you want to donate i get that i get that these are hard times but fuck yourself go fucking you have something. a phone you have access to a video camera you have access to facetime you have access to a pen and paper you have access to your clients write up things for them facetime video them whatever you need to do even if you don't have a whole program you can write and spit out online people are doing facetime videos with their clients yeah, charge yeah. less whatever it ends up being there shouldn't be a what was me. People keep reaching out. I'm sure you guys are getting it too. People keep reaching out to me and saying, how are you guys holding up? Yeah. And I, I don't ever say like, oh, this sucks. This is horrible. I'm saying, hey, you know, we're adapting best we can and trying to put out this outline content. That, that's all I can say. Like you have to have a very neutral response. You don't have to like lie and be positive about it and be like, oh, we're doing great. This is going to be great. This is a great situation. We're in. No, the situation blows. This is a bad beat. But, you know, we are doing the best we can and that's all you can do. 
and yeah. people are asking to donate to us even. And I keep telling them, like, I appreciate the sentiment, but we're doing what we can to adapt. If you want to support us, hop on one of these programs. Right, right. And, uh, you know, financially speaking, if you're an independent contractor, just shut it down and file for unemployment. It's probably your best bet. Yeah, I mean, you, I, you have to do what you have to do at this point. Um, and I just think I, I just I don't like the, the ask. I just think it's yeah. it's a yeah. It's it's a we're different kind of people though, right? And you got to write it off. So if you're listening, yeah. it's income. <laughs> Donation, off, donations are still yeah, income. Donations are still your, income. Your I, I definitely think that we're different kinds of people. Um, you know, just how we were talking the other day, like uh, we're educated. Well, it's the uh, we were talking with Pat the other day about why he sees more females than males because you know males are more stubborn, maybe right? There's definitely stubborn females as well, right? ourselves like the, the the majority of us you know just being males i think we're not necessarily stubborn but we're, we're proud and we don't want to ask for help right but we're making a situation where we don't have to ask for help that's a different situation yeah we're taking our knowledge our collective brains our abilities and we are going to overcome the situation the best we can yeah rather than rather than immediately retreat to asking for help we decided to do this right we're type a personalities as, as well as being stubborn for sure but we're type A personalities, and we're smart, and we're going to figure out how to persevere. Yeah, absolutely. The only, the only other thing I would say about, you know, the whole virus and people coming back to the gym, I think we will see more in the, the boutique, like, especially with us, because people want that community. People yeah. are sitting at home alone right now. They're, they're fucking dying just to talk to they people. They need some social touch. Yeah. We thought some of our clients talked a shit ton before. Oh, man, wait till we open back up. Yeah, I definitely yeah. want to have a... Uh, a lift happy hour when this is all over yeah, you guys sure. can definitely look out for that we're gonna host some stuff really build this community back up get everyone you know drink some beers drink some beers live the high life somewhere. i might do a high life absolutely tomorrow during not. the podcast absolutely not live the- all right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up here with the with the Lift Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you guys enjoy the podcast, please please leave us a review um, and. Uh, let us know what you guys think. If uh, you want to hop on and sweat with us this weekend, we have a free live Lyft Live class at 9 a.m. Central Time uh, right here from Lyft. Uh, come on and join on. You just need to schedule on the website and register with MindBody with us, and you guys should be all set to go. So we'll see you guys there. Uh, it should be an awesome class. But until next time, guys, this is Chad, Pete, and Josh with the podcast. Deuces. See you guys. Peace.